Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. Today's topic is the brainchild of our listeners. We've had lots of requests to cover the murky world of potty training. There's a lot of chat about how, when and where to do this, but it's always good to talk to a professional. So with me today, I've got Dr. Kiara Hunt. Kiara, thank you for joining us today. Pleasure. And uh, do you talk about this a lot in your in your practice? Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not as if I've taken a degree in potty training, but it is something that my patients uh, do ask me a lot. And so I've sort of been giving advice about for many years now. Yeah, and I, and I think you get quite scared about it. I remember as a parent thinking, oh my God, I've just got through the sort of, you know, baby stage and toddler stage. Mm. And now I've got to think about teaching something to go to the loo that I can't remember learning myself. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those topics that there's so much information on and people have such strong opinions on uh, it's a bit like weaning or sleeping you know there's 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 lots to read about it if you start to look but actually it's relatively straightforward and all, all children learn to potty train and so what are the what are the most themselves. common questions what are people most worried so about people when they always come ask me they ask me when's the best time what are the signs to look out for what kind of approach shall I use a child-led approach or a parent-led approach is it the same with boys and girls do I use rewards or do I not what if I've just got a child who couldn't be less interested in in potty training and doesn't care at all if there's a poo in his nappy all day long um, you know, is there, you know, I've, my child is having sort of showing behavioral problems around potty training, like defiance. Um, so there's all sorts of things. Sometimes it's school is or nursery is saying they have to be potty trained before they start. But then parents say, but I don't think they're ready. So it's that sort of thing that I'm constantly being asked. So you mentioned that there are different approaches to potty training, which I've got to say I was unaware of. What what are these different approaches? Well, I suppose the two ends of the spectrum are, as I mentioned earlier, so parent led or child led. So parent led is the parent says, right, you're two, you ought to be able to potty train we are potty training this week and it's um it's less looking at the cues you're getting from the child at whether they're ready or not and a bit like training a puppy because the puppy needs to be trained um and it it doesn't work as well i mean it's actually relatively widely widely acknowledged that it doesn't work as well because if the child's not ready it is just going to take longer it is possible but it's it's harder and whereas a child-led approach is entirely waiting for the child to give you their cues and to decide whether they want a nappy today or or not a nappy today and give them the control uh, about decisions around around potty training and that that does also work well but can take a bit longer and and, and it, it does depend on the child so most I mean, the advice I give is sort of somewhere in between really sort of uh, definitely wait for cues definitely don't force the child definitely never make it a negative experience but it's got to work for both parent and child yeah I mean I guess you know there's the the, the argument that children aren't the same they're not like little 
clones of each other and they don't all reach the same stage developmentally as each other mm. but at the same time they do need to be taught it it's not something instinctive that they will you know suddenly learn how to pee in a loo instinctively they do need a little bit of guidance yeah, I think uh, guidance definitely and you know over time you know if you look at cultures all over the world children will learn even without sort of strict guidance but we expect our our children to fit into our life our way of living which is uh, often quite hectic uh, you know all over the place it's very different from a child growing up in a rural part of the world where they are constantly with their parent and constantly sort of in the same place that's a different experience so big question what is the best age to potty train I mean you said we do it at two here is that the same all over the world well I mean that was just an example generally speaking most children are already somewhere between the ages of two and three but you know that is a a generalization we will all have heard about the the child aged nine months who's potty trained and you know others that are still struggling a bit with it at four or five Um, and children are different but most children are are, are sort of ready between the ages of of two and three and that's because you know that they're they're bodily functions change you know newborn babies are are pooing all the time and weeing all the time they're doing little wheeze the whole time and by the time they're one um most babies or most children are doing their poos in the day they're not really pooing at night anymore and they're able to to hold urine in their bladder for slightly longer periods of time and they do Um, that automatically do they you'll find that slightly you know we're talking sort of every 40 minutes rather than every 20 or every hour um and then by two some children are able to be dry during the day i hold you know hold their their bladder for you know longer than an hour at a time and and how do you know if your child is ready because you know we do have to take those cues from them yeah absolutely so there are you know there are lots of cues to look out for but generally speaking if you're looking at your child as a whole they have to be ready on so many different levels they have to be physically ready they have to be able to understand uh, they have to be able to you know hold the urine in the bladder for at least a few seconds before they get to the potty do you know what I mean they have to be physically able the muscles of the pelvis need to be need to be strong enough and I guess recognize that sensation of having a full full bladder and needing to go to the loo yeah well exactly and that's part of the cognitively ready so 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 physically ready uh, you know are they physically capable of holding their bladder are they cognitively ready I do they understand the process that you know feeling like you need to go to the loo means you need to go to the loo you know, you have to be old enough to understand that. And can they actually communicate that? You know, are they, do they have a way, even if they can't talk yet, do they way, have a way of communicating to their pet caregiver that they need to use the potty? And that's really important. Um, and then, you know, and then the third thing is, are they, are they emotionally ready? Because they could be physically ready. They could be cognitively ready. But if they're just not emotionally ready, they just don't want to do it, then they're not going to do it. They just you don't know, care they have you're to talking be, about. They have, yeah, they have to be willing. They have to be ready what, and yeah. willing and wanting to be and be engaged. Um, otherwise it's going to be much much harder and you just can't push that and we talk about knowing if the child is ready but it's also quite a lot to do with the adult as well isn't it about picking the right time for you I think I mean I think on that side it should be child focused if your child is giving you the the cues that they're ready you know saying oh it's not the right time for me it's not ideal parenting (laughs) having said that you know a week or two here or there is not going to make much difference and yes it is definitely about choosing a time that is going to make it more likely for your child to be uh, to find it easy well not the first week they go to nursery no or not when there's a major adjustment going on in their life or transition of some sort not the week they're moving from a cot to a bed or the week they're starting nursery or the week the new baby is arriving so I think avoid those times try and 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 
orchestrate it so it's a time where you or whoever's looking after your child has time uninterrupted time not so lot not lots of different activities going on ideally at home for the first few days so that your ch- you can be focusing on looking for cues that your child is ready and therefore associating those cues with actually helping them use the potty and that makes all the difference giving yourself that time and space makes all the difference and, and give them sort of your undivided attention and that's so important and how how much do boys differ from girls is it are they kind of you know much of a muchness or do you notice differently or do you notice that girls are maybe ready before boys or more willing or more yeah. able to I mean it's it's a it's a generalization but generally speaking boys take a little bit longer than girls and actually looking at the studies it's on average sort of three months later that they start to show the, the sort of readiness cues and again a massive generalization but girls tend to be slightly more pleasers than boys they want to get things right and they want to and they want to please their caregivers but having said that you also get boys who want to do that and then I suppose the differences are that you know and anatomically boys as they grow up are going to pee standing up but when they when you're starting to potty train them it's it's usually easier to to potty train them sitting down and then they they, they move to standing up yeah exactly a bit later because obviously they're going to be pooing sitting down and you want them to associate them both um you know both the same and it's not till they're you know a couple a year or so older that they will start learning to pee standing up um, but but people people often you know again we have talked quite a few times about the cues you know that, uh, uh, that the child is giving you and and I think one of the most important ones of that is is communicating are they communicating to you that they've either just done a wheel poo or just going to do a wheel poo and that you know you'll start to notice that or you'll see that they start to go you know, under the table or behind the curtain or into a corner of a room and then you'll see them doing 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 it in their nappy and you know by doing that you, you you can understand that they are becoming aware of it because they've made the decision to go to that place to uh, have a pee or poo so that's one thing. Um, also, just seeing their interest, they start to develop an interest in the loo, in you going to the loo, watching their friends on the potty, their siblings on the loo, and want to know about wiping, want to know, want to look at it. You know, they, they sort of start developing an interest, and it's really important to foster that interest because you know it's quite easy to sort of say, "No, that's disgusting. Don't do that." But actually, they have to learn. They need to learn. You know, they they need to see. Very often, babies don't actually see poo because we kind of we clean them and, 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 and throw it away before they have a chance to, to see what's going on down there. So as they get a bit more interested, show them, show them what's in the nappy. You know, sh- maybe sh- if they've done a poo in the nappy, put, put that poo in the loo and flush it away so that they can associate what's, what they've done in the nappy with what potty training is all about and what we're trying to aim for, which eventually, which is them doing their poos and wheeze in the loo. Um, Obviously, so you're not flushing the nappy down the loo. It's just, no, the, no, poo just the poo in the nappy. The yeah, poo, in, poo into the loo and then throw the nappy away as normal. So yeah, you'll see them. You'll see them showing more interest. Again, uh, longer periods of time between soiling the nappy, the weasel poo. So you might notice that after their their nap in the day, they they have a dry nappy. You know, they've gone all that time without without um, without weeing or pooing. Um, so and then you know little signs you can you know that typical loo dance that you see little children doing where they're sort of going from hopping from leg to leg and if you start seeing that you know you can tr- hopefully try and preempt that the wee that they're about to do and then they might start just to be uncomfortable in their nappy you know they might just start start taking it off themselves they might start pulling at it um, and actually some people say it's a, it, you know nappies are so good these days that they often can't 
notice particularly if they've done a wee on it because because it's all uh, absorbed so quickly so if, some people say you can you can either put a little tissue in the nappy so that they feel that wetness or just use a, a, a less good quality nappy so that they they are more aware when they're wearing the nappy that it's not that comfortable and they'd rather not get it wet and I I like the idea of initiating that conversation I mean so many Mm. of the conversations we had on the podcast is about communicating with your children Mm. I guess it's starting society might deem this a disgusting conversation to have but actually it's a really important conversation to have Mm. because yeah how do they know about it otherwise absolutely and 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 as I said from a small age when they're still on the changing table you know talking to them about the nappy change what what, giving them the vocabulary before they can even talk about poos and wees and and nappies and you know how grown-ups do it and all this sort of thing I think it's so important and if you're sitting here listening thinking oh my god I just don't know if I can do that I'm not sure I can chat you know to my child about poo but I, you can get loads of books about it can't you that are actually yeah. really good and buttons to press and just telling that story about how when children grow up a little bit they stop pooing in their nappy and they start pooing on yeah, the loo yeah yeah and, and and most parents because you know it's quite common uh, uh anecdote that you know you don't get a minute's peace when your parents you can't even go to the loo by yourself i.e children want to be wherever you are and they will often be in the loo with you so actually talking them through what's going on is really helpful and like you say that some people might you know might not be comfortable with that but you know we're teaching children about everything in the world and that includes the less salubrious parts <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So you got to the stage where you decided it's time. How your do you actually... told you your, your time. child, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, how do you actually start? What do, you, what do you have to do from a practical point of view? So I think, I mean, we mentioned... Uh, if you've been seeing those cues for a few for a few weeks and you think your child's ready and you've had the conversation with your child, I didn't say that, but it's really important. Talk to them even before you start potty training. Do you think you, you know, this is what grown-ups do, you know, when you're learning you use a potty, do you think you're ready? And when they're saying, yes, I think I'm ready and shall we go and buy the potty together and get them involved with those decision makings? Here's your potty. Which rooms do we think we should put it in? Where do you think you'll be able to get to quick enough? So let's have one in the loo. Should we have one in your playroom too, just in case, you know, you're not, you can't make it. Get them involved. Help them make those decisions and uh, and then they'll they'll be much they'll be much more likely to actually want to do it. <laughs> I remember coming into your house once, and there was the most disgusting Hello Kitty throne potty you had. <laughs> Is that what your daughter chose? Is it, do you go with them? She must, she must have cho- chosen. I think I've obviously chosen to forget that. <laughs> but um, it was the I most think... disgusting thing I've ever seen. But I guess you know, getting them excited yeah. about what they think is yeah, lovely, taking yeah. them to the shop and letting them choose it. If that means they're going to be potty trained quicker, Hello Kitty or no Hello Kitty. <laughs> um, I, I, it was also quite. A 
big it wasn't just a potty it was like a proper seat I know and you can get ones that have that have, they make noises that give you a round of applause and say well done when you when you singing when you flush. got yeah. singing ones so I think you know, that's a, that you know that's a very personal choice and I suppose it depends what what choice you're actually giving your child but and my point is get them involved if if you think that will help and in the same way say so we said get be prepared get you know get the right time you know so when you've got time to actually concentrate on it let get them involved with choosing the body get them involved with buying their big girl or big boy pants you know that's again a it's a big milestone for your child take them to the shop you know you can buy again you might not want you know postman pat on the front of your child's pants but for trip for when they start just let them you know if that's well, what also gets people aren't seeing the pants generally yeah exactly so, so um, ted is fine so get prepared get get the potty get the get the pants obviously have your wipes it's probably worth thinking about if you're going to do a reward chart you know that's usually quite a good motivator for for children so they get their sticker or you draw a star on their chart and lots of praise with it so sort of getting that ready getting them involved again with that can help and then and then sort of obviously there are going to be accidents which we'll talk about in a bit but if you're prepared for those get you know have a bucket and 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 some wipes and some sterilizer you know handy so you can you can clean up accidents without any fuss uh, I think that's important. And presumably the reward chart, we're talking a bit about sort of rewarding children. Is it best to say, you know, if you get 20 stars, you get to go and, you know, buy something in, in the shop or sweets? I think, to be honest, or... at, that, uh, at the age they're at, they're, they're, the most important thing and the biggest reward they can get is praise and attention from their parent, who, you know. And, and if, you can, if you can try and avoid the sort of physical reward, the sweet or the, or the, or the toy or whatever that, because, um, you know, I think generally speaking, using sweets as a reward is not, not ideal because it, it can foster the wrong sort of association with, with, um, with food for your, for your child. But having said that, you know, we've all done it and you know, it does work in certain situations pretty well. Um, but but I would it does rot their teeth too. Yeah, so. it does. I, I would definitely try and avoid um avoid anything other than sort of stickers and 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 praise and you know getting excited you know go over the top with with the sort of excitement when they do manage to do a wee or poo in the in the potty and you know tell them how how great they are and that's a much bigger reward than you know being able to buy a I don't know a toy at the end of the week and you know in terms of that first day when you said right we're putting on your big girl pants now the key is to is the key to sit them on the potty the whole time like not the whole time but every 10 minutes or wait until they say they need to go to the loo I think it's important to be guided by your child so you want to be prompting them when you think every 10 minutes is too much but if you if you you know they're in their in their pants and some sort of easy to remove clothes or easy to pull down clothes and actually remember think about that also in that week your body training I mean in that week you're starting it um easy clothes forget buttons forget zips forget tights you know you want to have something they can easily pull up and down you can easily pull up and down and wash easily you want to be looking for those cues because ideally you know your child needs to be learning to recognize those cues themselves so encouraging them to you know sit on the potty and read a book or play with a toy every half an hour or hour depending on how long sort of they seem to be able to go between between um needing it is is what most people do but it, it does depend and actually if your child is resisting if you're saying it's time to sit in the potty and they're saying no then don't you know ignore it let them let them have an accident or let them sort of either recognize the cue themselves and sit down or have an accident and take it from there rather than forcing them and having a battle to sit on the potty because yeah. i remember with one of them you know they'd sit on the potty they say i don't need a wee they'd sit on the potty no wee would come out and then 10 minutes later a great big wee yeah comes out and you think well you could have done a wee but you didn't do a wee yeah but they they were still learning to recognize that association so you know then it's not pleasant then to have do the wee in your pants and it or to get wet and so then then they 
they're starting to put those associations together. So that might happen a few times, but it's not likely to happen lots. And and the key is when those accidents do happen to ignore it, clear it up and carry on. Not, so you don't say, see, look no, what you've absolutely done. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That can really put you back yeah. in terms of your children's you know, uh, associations with potty training is so, is so important. So, what would your language be around an accident? Would I mean, you I think, say? Yeah. I mean, if they're if they're you know if they're having an accident and you you make a fuss, you know, uh, well, so if you don't make a fuss, you're going to avoid that sort of anxiety and worry uh, that they have around uh, around it and make it much more stressful experience for them. So, I would literally, if they had an accident, I'd just say, oh look, you've done a wee in your pants. Let's clear it up and carry on. That's it. I wouldn't even mention it. I wouldn't say if you've done that in if you've done that in the potty, you wouldn't. This wouldn't have happened. You know, they, they, they know because they've had the accident and they can feel it. So if you, if you ignore it and then just huge praise when it goes right, that's the quickest way. And what if they're really upset by the accident? Do you say, you know, don't worry, we all have accidents. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you talk to them about how their siblings or their cousins or even mummies and daddies all learnt, learnt to use the potty and learnt to use the loo. And this happens to, this, this happens to everyone and it's not, it's not something they need to worry about. But they're well, usually worried because of a previous reaction they've had from an adult. Hmm. And so I guess it's also worth making sure that everyone who's looking after your children, you know, your partner, if you've got any childcare help, if you've got any grandparents that help out, everyone's on the same page. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about poos? I remember from my experience, or at least my children's experience, because I really don't remember my experience, um, is that weasel was sort of one thing, but poos were a little bit more difficult, but they tend to happen, you know, less yeah. often. So I think you can try and preempt it. By the time children are two or three, they, they, you, there's usually a time of day that they're having a poo, and you, you know they're having a poo in the nappy because of the sort of facial expressions they're making. Um, so you can try and preempt that. So if it's after lunch or just before they're going to bed or just when they wake up in the morning, so try and keep that quiet time, encourage them. Them to sit on the potty and read a book or play with a toy with you and um, during those times um, and if they're getting really upset they can feel the poo coming but they're not wanting to, to to sit on the potty and they're getting upset about it then absolutely put the nappy on and let them do the 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 poo in the nappy but then I would show them the nappy I'd say look this is what you could have just done in the potty or the loo and we could have just put it in the loo or put it in the potty and then show them what would happen with it because some children can get quite freaked out with look at seeing poo you know and actually finding for them to have that association that is exactly the same as when daddy's on the loo um that that's exactly the same as the physiological process that's happening and they don't need to be scared of it it usually passes quite quickly and once they've done it a few times then it's it's done so some you know a re- relatively large proportion of children about 20 percent will have this you know this what you just described of sort of being scared of doing a poo in the loo and they'll sort of save it and do it at night in their nappy or or they'll have to have the nappy put uh, put on again for it so you know if that's happening just be patient try you know when it does happen at any point in the, in the loo um massive massive praise and it will it will it will change um because some people are some children are a bit scared of the loo you know it's this hole that sort of flushes and they don't know where it goes and so that's presumably why sitting on the potty is maybe potentially a little bit less scary than sitting on an actual loo yeah and also remember for children that the, the loo seat there's a massive hole that they could actually fall down yeah <laughs> you know if compared to if you might if we as yeah. adults had to sit on a, a loo that that was that big um it would be pretty it'd be pretty, pretty terrifying so and um, also that high yeah and that high and then and it's not great for children to have their legs dangling so if you are using a loo make sure you've got a, a step that they can rest their legs on makes it much easier for them to poo and and get one of those sort of training seats. Yeah, those that, kind that, of padded. The padded because it makes the hole much smaller, much less scary. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but again, it's 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 le- it's letting you know it's letting them see what's happening with everyone else, and, yeah. and it, that makes it that makes it less scary. One tip actually that I remember doing uh, that wasn't immediately obvious is filling the potty up with a little bit of water before they do a poo because yeah. it makes it not stick to the bottom that much and it makes cleaning it quite yeah, a lot so easier. Yeah, so definitely for parents, that's a definitely a good tip. And what about at night? Because if your child is being potty trained and and is doing that really well and has maybe you know done a day where they've 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 peed successfully on the potty that doesn't mean that you leave their nappy off at night does it no because nighttime dryness it comes later so most children are dry at night when they get to about four four or five even and that's because you know night is a long time to hold your your urine in the bladder for and also you're much less conscious at night to be aware of the of the need to get up and go and it's a bit scary to get up and use the use the loo at night you know in the middle of the night without waking your parents so some children are quite independent having a potty in their bedroom that they can use at night they're happy with other children you know will wait their parents to use it and other children will just continue to wet the bed if you if you don't leave a nappy on them so most people have a, a, a pants and no, night pants rather than nappies at that stage um, and that's quite important not to call them nappies if yes. you've transitioned from nappies yeah, you know absolutely. and also they're slightly different because they're not yeah. they're sort of velcro fastened at the side absolutely. they're sort of pull-up pants yeah. much more like pants yeah and actually i'd probably start using those if you can even before you start potty training in the day because it gets you gets children used to sort of pulling up and you know even just when you're getting when they're getting dressed putting the pants on themselves and so how do you get a child dry at night so the idea is that you potty train them during the day then you put their nighttime pants at night don't make a big deal if there's a poo or a wee in the nappy during the night and then at what point do you think okay they're they're ready actually for no nappy at night so i mean again that's very much child-led and um you can encourage them to be dry at night by doing certain things like not letting them drink too much in the evening uh you know whether that's milk or whether that's water um sort of after about five you know try to restrict fluids a little bit if, if you're if you're if you're struggling and and then looking and seeing what the nappies are, are like and and you're you're soon not that soon sometimes it's a year or two after they've been potty trained they'll be dry at night and then they'll wake up and do a, a wee in the morning and once that's happening consecutively for a few nights in a row I'd 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 talk to them about the idea of not having a, a, a night pants on and also actually consciously getting them to do a wee just before they go to sleep mm-hmm. and that and that become that's part of a child's it's part of all our routines really isn't it but um, before you get in if you can introduce that early on they're more likely to be dry at night sooner and I mean some people talk about lifting their children so that's sort of at about 10 o'clock after they've been asleep for a few hours before the parents go to sleep that sort of in their sleep they lift the children up put them on the loo and encourage them to do yeah, a wee or so. even wake them up you know, so, you know wake them up to sit them on the loo and they're sort of slightly sleepwalking uh, or you know so they're sort of half asleep and they do a wee and and I think I wouldn't necessarily do that proactively unless you're desperate to get out of the night pants but you know most people are quite happy the children stay in that till they're till they're four or five um but if you if you're out if you're sort of really your child's a bit embarrassed they're still at school they started school for example and they're still in pants at night um and they, they just they they want to stop then then lifting them might be a good idea um and that's that's relatively straightforward to do it's literally just helping them to the loo that they usually just relax their their pelvic floor and pee um, and then they're straight back to bed but as they get bigger that can be harder because they're heavy <laughs> they're heavy but also some people will argue that that's teaching them to pee 
in their sleep yeah, when exactly. they're not sort of really conscious yeah. and yeah. so that's more if you know if, if you're if you're struggling you know if you're struggling later on you know and there's lots of reasons why children might continue wetting the bed and actually it's quite common for children to continue to wet the bed um, even once they've been dry at night occasionally and I think unless it's unless they've been consistently dry and then suddenly become consistent you know wet again that's definitely a reason to, to go and see a doctor uh, and there are lots of things doctors can suggest um, it usually is to do with you know having a small bladder that just doesn't hold that much and usually you can see because they pee a lot in the day um, or drinking too much before bed or drinking caffeine so caffeine is a is a or any eating caffeine is a, is a bladder stimulant so you know definitely avoiding caffeine if your child does does wet the bed is is important but you know just i mean it's quite interestingly to interesting to look at the statistics that you know it's relatively common for children to wet the bed and so 30 percent of five-year-olds will still wet the bed a little bit and, and 20% of six-year-olds which is you know it's quite high and understandably we yeah. don't talk about that yeah. that much but that also gives a skewed idea you know if your child yeah. is still wetting the bed age six you think you're the only person yeah. in the whole school yeah. who that's happening Whereas to actually but... one in five children will be you know will be having that same problem and that you know that does get better and the rate the rate of kind of the statistics against about 15% a year which means that there's still gonna be some kids age seven or eight who are wetting the bed and it's 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 I think worth talking to your doctor at that point to see if there's anything you can help them if it's every night or if it's just occasionally will make a big difference but by that point your child is pretty aware of it uh, and can you know it can affect sleepovers and things like that so you need to um, try and be a bit proactive if possible well if it affects 20% I think we might have to do a podcast just on that yeah. like when it, I mean this is obviously very normal you know potty training yes. um, but when it's abnormal mm. when there is a problem I think it would be really good to, to maybe speak to a urologist or yeah. something about that yeah. anyway back to uh, potty training uh, in terms of vocabulary that we use does it matter what we call we and poo I think it's a bit like I think we've talked before on a podcast about sort of what what you know what do we call our anatomy when we're you know discussing sort of private parts with our children I think it's the same with 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 this it, it's got to be words that, that everyone understands it, you know it's 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 unfair on our child if we give these things names that is just a family name no one understands and then they can't communicate that to when someone else is looking after them as they get older or when they're in care or they're with the grandparents so I think you know I mean we and poo is pretty common and 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 seems to be pretty universally used and for 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 private parts I would I know as I've said before I think anatomically correct is is the best and safest way for our children to learn willy penis well willy is quite is quite uh, colloquial to england so i would yeah just use penis and and you know or bottom front bottom vagina you know it's not it's not difficult we have problems with it as as adults but children it's just a word uh, and it's a word that everyone understands um, and i think that's that's the best way yeah, but they're not giving, you know, I need to do a poo, a sort of funny, yeah. you know, I only, only the parent knows yeah. nickname. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So any sort of general tips about about potty training yeah. so um i mean a lot of people say like my, i don't think my child's ready yet i might see the odd little sign but i'm not sure and i usually say to them well keep a potty in the bathroom you know and usually the children have a have a bit of time running around naked before their bath and getting them into the habit or just gently encourage them if they want to just sitting on the potty for a few seconds you know just before bath and you know if something happens then you know brilliant you can sort of get excited about it with them and start that process of understanding similarly when they're little and yet they're still on the chain table 
you know, as I said before, talking to them about what's going on, what you're actually doing, you know, what's going to happen as they get older. And as a parent, I suppose, modeling, you know, going to the loo in front of them, we yeah. kind of conditioned not to go yeah. to in front of the uh, go to the loo in front of people. But yeah. actually, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. if you're a parent, what about yeah. if you're, in, you know, what if you're not a parent and you're yeah. looking after the child? How do you? F- yeah, well, that's that's a that's a discussion you've got to have with the parents. Um, I think that's important. And then people talk about their tra- training pants. Do you use training pants? Do you not? Um, what are person. training pants? So it's it's it. They're pants that don't. They're they're basically pull up nappies that aren't particularly absorbable. But um, they are a bit. But they are a bit exactly. So they don't make so much mess as if as if they have an accident in their pants. But the child can feel it. I think it's a bit mixed messaging. I certainly know uh, from my experience with with all the patients I've helped is. Um, it's, I think it's easier just to go from normal nappies, which can be pull-ups because you may already be on pull-ups anyway, um, but that are absorbable to to pants. But then I suppose if you're using pull-ups, you're giving them the message that the pants that you're pulling up, you can pee in. So it might actually be better just to go from nappies where they lie on the changing table and you take them off you yeah. know, using the Velcro yeah. to pull-up pants, which are the big boys' pants. Yeah. And those are what you don't pee in just it's to make it as clear It's more about getting dressed. So they start to get dressed and put their pull-up pants on or, they, you know, or they've, you've got through, they've gone through that stage at sort of a few a nine, 12 months on the changing table where they will not lie on their back and it's a nightmare to try and put a nappy on it it's just so much easier to have pull-ups so people use pull-ups earlier and earlier these days so um but i think that the, the the message i said earlier about using nappies that are less absorbent when your child is beginning to show signs of potty training is is quite useful because it just makes them more aware of what's going on in their nappy Um, and what if your child just isn't bothered and you sort of think right well I'm waiting for the cues and I'm waiting for him to tell me he's ready and you get to two and two and a half and three and school is looming I mean is there a stage where you just think right come on now we have to do this because you're not a baby anymore you've you know you you shouldn't have nappies again you know I think it it, it is up to the child and very often in those cases we're just missing the cues um, and so I think just spending a bit of time really watching your child, seeing, you know, they probably are at that age going into a corner and doing their poos or showing some sort of behavior around it or I'm just being able to, you know, could tell you that they've done it or they're doing it. So I'd say in those situations, just really, really expand the conversation around it, really get your child involved, give them some sense of ownership of it. Definitely at that point, put them in the sort of um, less comfortable nappies um, get, you know, have a lot of conversation and, and, it, and it will happen. They'll you know, talk to this, watch their friend, get them to go to play dates where they're watching friends, where they want to be big, like their brother or their cousin or their friend. Because um, I can imagine with sort of oldest children who don't have necessarily those peers within yeah. their family environment, yeah. Yeah. whereas for the youngest child, they're probably at a nappy's aged 18 months. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so just just having that. And it does happen, you know, they all, they all get there. Um, but, you know, just don't push it. It is, it, you know, it is the child telling you but they probably they may well be telling you just haven't noticed <laughs> i remember being in a situation where i sort of initiated potty training and it was all going brilliant and i was like fantastic it's taken two days it, it couldn't have been easier and then of course that's never the full story and your child then regresses and maybe even becomes a bit defiant what do you do in those situations where you know where because a bit of regression is normal yeah so that's that's two quite different things there so uh, regression is normal it's very common for a child who's been completely potty trained to to regress a bit in in a in a time of, of stress slightly for your child so that is often if there's a big transition in their life like the new siblings has, has, has arrived or they've started a nursery when before they were looked after at home or you know and and 
sort of dealing with whatever that's that stress is for your child will definitely help R- staying calm about it not getting upset about it if you need to and if it's the right thing to do putting them back in nappies for a bit is absolutely fine it's better than putting your child through a sort of traumatic experience it's not like giving up no absolutely not so, and and often a little regression for a few days is is completely normal it's a bit different when your child is consciously being defiant by sort of looking at you in the, in the eye and doing a poo on the floor right in front of you because that's the beginnings of some uh, possibly some challenging behavior that i think would probably need to be addressed with you know with a doctor with a with a psychologist um, because because that's a very different thing mm-hmm. so if you're experiencing that behavior and it's sort of a bit more consistent than just once or twice you do yeah need to and, and, your and it's your and, and it's it's clearly a conscious conscious defiance on you know on on the side of the of the child you know which is usually usually about three or four by that stage you know and there's sort of people you know that and where ch- children will you know they will then or take their nappy off and smear their poo all over the walls or all over their cot or, you know, and it's, it's uh, you know, there's often some sort of trauma behind that behavior that needs to be addressed. Okay, sounds a bit scary. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, in terms of cleaning children, you know, when we change their nappies, we yeah. can make sure that yes. everything is clean as we like it. And then we're suddenly going for letting them do it themselves. How does that work? How do you... So when I mean, we're potty training, when, when children are potty trained, um, they, they're usually still not wiping by themselves because they're not able to wipe properly uh, and effectively uh, until they're about four. And we're whereas, talking mainly poos here. Yes, but we as well, cause especially for little girls, you know, we need to be teaching them to wipe from uh, from front to back. We don't want to be, you know, little girls, if they're reaching in between their legs at the front and wiping from the back to the front, they can risk getting urine infection. So we have to, and it's quite difficult physically for them to wipe from the, you know, around the back of their bottom. So teaching them that and, and but actually do, most of the time doing it for them until usually about four, they're able to start wiping effectively by themselves. And it's important. It is important that they're clean because they can get rashes and infections and things like that. So, and again, it's quite a psychological thing moving from from wet wipes to loo paper for the mother more than the child or the caregiver father, because you know with nappies and bottoms, we everything is absolutely clean. Whereas loo paper, which is dry, isn't as clean. But it is what it is what we use, and, and it's, it's okay not, to use. And it's we okay shouldn't to use. be revisiting it's, that. Well, that's another question altogether. But you know, wipes and loos are not a good combination we should not be flushing wipes down the loo although i did read yesterday that uh, wipes are now going to come with a new kite mark that tells you whether or not they're suitable for for flushing yeah so so some of the wipes are are suitable flushing but uh, but not normal baby wipes um so so we've got to be quite aware of that and and you may choose only choose that the whole family uses flushable wipes but again that's a different conversation but i'd certainly be helping them wipe till they get to about four Perfect. Well, Kiara, thanks so much for coming along today. That was a lot of information in quite a short amount of time. Um, Thank you for listening to another episode of The Parenthood. I remember really dreading the whole potty training phase, but now I look back, it really wasn't that bad. But it is definitely worth being prepared and having kind of the right amount of knowledge uh, behind you. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us. It helps boost us in the iTunes charts, uh, which helps new listeners find us. You can also follow us and get in touch via Instagram, either at theparent.hood or to me at marina.fogel. But in the meantime, I hope this was helpful. And from Kiara and me, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.